Hello everyone, I'm back. It's me, Raya, and welcome back to Smart But Dumb, a podcast where I bring my friends who are smarter than me to tell me something I don't know. I took an albeit impromptu extended summer break from this podcast, but I missed it so much and I can't wait to kick off season two so you can meet more of my smart cookie friends. I'm operating on a new schedule now with new episodes coming to you every Wednesday. Thank you to everyone who tells me how much they love the podcast and for sharing the love with me this past year. I'm kicking off season two with my friend, NYC-based, Dubai-raised, Texas-born, Arab cowgirl, content creator extraordinaire, Dahlia. Her nostalgia for the 90s is both evident from her Instagram profile as well as her music taste that you'll get to discover in this episode as we discuss all things content creation. Some of you may know that content is king, but what does that really mean? What does the content creation process really look like, and why does good content even matter? Dahlia breaks it all down for me, making me a little smarter and a lot less dumb. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let's get to it. Hi, Dahlia. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, what's going on? Nothing much, nothing much. I'm in our motherland. How are you doing? <laughs> Good, it sounds like you're in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> My, well, I have a pretty uh, cool setup, I'm not gonna lie. Like, now that I'm back home, like, I have an orange desk, like my light is a little tarbouche, like a little fez. Like it's, it's like you have a setup, Yanni. It's not just like you're sitting on your couch doing yeah, work. Yeah, totally. No, no, no. Like it's a, it's a thing. It, it, it's a vibe, as the kids say. As the, kid, as the TikTok <laughs> kids say, mabruk. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. So before I, you know, give over the mic to you, I just wanted to tell our listeners why I brought you on. I, you know, when I think of content, content creation, first of all, I love what you do. I think it's fantastic. I think you have a, just an aesthetic that I'm obsessed with. But I think that when it comes to the meaning of content creation, I think a lot of people don't really know what it means, its importance, its context, how it helps brands and so on. And all we hear is the word like content, 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 like do it for the gram, whatever. Uh, but then we just, you know, say it and it stops there. So I wanted you to break it down. So before I ask you all the questions that I have, would you mind go ahead and introducing yourselves to the listeners? Sure. Hi, I'm Dalia. Um, I am a photographer and writer and content producer, but, um, I work first in social. So uh, when we talk about what my title is at my job is like a social content producer, but like I freelance, I do freelance photography. Um, I also have like a lot of writing experience. So I've just done several forms of content, but um, yeah, I live in New York City. But woohoo! I, <laughs> I live in New York City, big apple baby, but um, I am originally Lebanese and Syrian and I grew up in Dubai. But uh, I also was born in Texas, so I'm all over the place. But now we're in New York, and um, you and I have known each other for a long time, like yeah. probably since high school, and we've just been really lucky to stay in touch. So yeah. yeah. And we had, I mean, I just think we had like the greatest 
like circumstantial re-meeting last summer, which was absolutely yeah. like so random. We like saw each other at a restaurant here in Beirut. You were here on vacation. And it was like, we had this moment of like, oh my God, it's you. And it was just yeah, it was crazy. Like the best. And then we had like a great couple of days together before you left. And like you said, it's just, it's really good to, to know that we've still been, uh, been in touch this whole time. We also met in Turkey. So just to add another location to this puzzle, which I think is great. And like I said, you know, we'll, we'll, I'll definitely link your work in the show notes, but I'm just so obsessed with, with what you do and, and your point of view. And I'm just excited Thank you. to be with you. Thank uh, you. Cool. So why don't we get right into it and you maybe can start by telling me what do you define as content and content creation specifically? Yeah. So I think that kind of how you mentioned like content now, I mean, when we hear the word content, I think it's a lot of things and like, there's a lot of things that get muddled and all that sort of stuff. But I think that specifically content creation is more of like the process of coming up with and generating or brainstorming ideas. Um, and then creating this stuff. Now, if it's con like content marketing and like create doing content for people, that's like specifically creating ideas and making these ideas happen for a said audience. And that, that can be anything, right? That can be written content, that can be photography, that can be graphics, blog posts, um, it can be videos, it can be all these sort of things. And then taking this content and sharing it through the different platforms or marketing avenues or whatever. So I think in, in, if we sum it up, it's just like, as I said, the idea and the process of thinking of what we're going to make and then actually making it and then sharing it. So I think it's kind of like a threefold process in my opinion. I like, I like the way that you describe that because it's, I like that you, that you were very clear in that, content actually also the definition of what we consider to be content changes when it when you think about who it's for right um, totally that we're we're usually very concerned with the medium so that's right that's really interesting so then what do you think then or how have you seen a change in what content creation actually means like how have you seen the definition of your work uh, change over time? So I think that a big part of it is just like, when we think about, if we're, if we're talking specifically about like marketing and the way content is shared, I think obviously we know that marketing and content was very different pre like digital world, right? Like there was traditional marketing and like that is, traditional marketing still exists, but now there's like a whole new playing field where content creation and the way we share it and the and the digital means that we do today have opened up so many doors that just like they literally didn't exist you know like back then there was only like radio or whatever there was photography of course but then the tv and then you know the internet like i just think that this is it's like a long-winded it's just a long-winded thing and i think there's so many parts but i just think that today there's so many ways and so many methods to create content and to share it. And I just think that that's really the biggest change between now and say like a hundred years ago or whatever, right? It's just like, also on top of that, people consume so much content. And I just think that like, now your content and the content creation you're 
investing your time and money in has to be really good versus I think back then with more traditional marketing, you had like one shot, you had like a vision, you had like an objective and then you shared it and that was kind of it. Now there's like so many other layers to content and what content looks like and what good content looks like and what good content should do. So I just think now it's a lot more multifaceted um, than it used to be. That's interesting. And yeah, because, you know, that also reminds me, I feel like, you know, at some point, the only way you could consume, let's say if we're talking, you know, a company that wants to sell you something, right? Right. You would have a lot less interactions with that brand than you do today. Like today you get it not only just from your phone, but you could get it on Instagram. You could get it on Facebook, you could get it on a bunch of ads, you can get it on TV, you can get it through Spotify, like you can get it, you now get so much information, like you said, so that I think the competitiveness, which you can obviously speak more to, the competitiveness to make good content and to grab people's attention is just at a whole other level. Whereas like, you could maybe in the past have gotten away with making what is considered to be average or below average content, probably. Totally, and I think that good content today also in my opinion, in consideration of what platform the content will live on, right? You shouldn't, depending obviously on your brand and your objective, whatever, but I think that like good content always considers where it's going to live, right? So like you said, something that's going to live for Instagram or on Instagram, is that going to be the same experience as Facebook? And some people will say, yeah, but like not really, right? Like you have different audiences. There's like, you know, the way that you shop on Instagram is different than you wait the way that you shop on Facebook. And then like, can this content live in IG stories? How will that look differently? Do we swipe up? Like what, how will it look like? Oh, is this for TikTok? Like, you know, TikTok is a whole other thing now as well. So I think that it's like good content knows where it's going to live and how it will differentiate on each platform as well. Well, that's, that's a good point because it then, it actually brings me to a question that I had for you that it actually takes us a step backwards, which is, then having said all of that, why do you as a content creator think that content is so important? Why is it important for brands? Why is it important for high profile individuals, whoever the person may be, whether a macro influencer, micro influencer, or not an influencer at all, just an individual, why is content and specifically good content so important? So I'm saying this very from like my heart, so corny, but I think that for me, I think about why and how I do this work and what got me into the things that I do now. I think a big part of it is connection, right? So you can have an idea or you can have a company or a brand, but if you don't have content that people can see and connect to, relate to, if you're not creating content that tells a story that taps into like this human aspect or human connection where people can literally see it or hear it or identify with it, then your brand or your company is like, it's, it's nothing in my opinion. You need to have a way for people to connect these two things, right? Like, okay, fine. You're, um, let's just say like, okay, you're a razor brand, whatever. I'm just thinking of Billy off the top of my head. You know, like Billy was, you know, you just say there, it's a razor. People are gonna be like, who gives a shit about a razor? Like it's something that you shave your legs with or your, whatever. But the way that then they were able to connect to people was through this amazing content that they make and were able to share. Like I said, it's storytelling, it's connection, it's finding a human connection or thing that you can tap into for people to be like, this is why I want 
to buy from your brand. This is why I believe in you as a brand. So I think that for brands or like you said, influencers or bloggers or whatever, it's really a way for the brand to give something to the people or the audience that they can engage with, you know, authentically and in real time. So it's like, you're, you be, it gives a brand or a person the opportunity to go from, I'm just an idea to I'm an actual thing that I want you to invest in. And I just think that like content just gives brands or people the opportunity to really, really show these people like, like more than this is why you should purchase for me. It's like, this is who we are, what we do, what we represent. You know, these are our brand missions. These are our, our ideals. These are our morals. And I especially think in today's world of content creation and like, you know, we're so like the, the playing field is saturated, right? There's so many brands doing the same thing now, providing the same object, but like, or the same service. So the real thing now, I think with content, that's really, really important. And going back to why it's important is like, it shows you why you're different. Like it shows you what makes you unique. Like, you know, like this is your opportunity to be like, this is why you should do business with us versus the other guys. Like, this is why, you know, Billy is different than Venus or like Dollar Shave Club is, you know, or whatever. Like it, it goes for anything. But I just think that content is really just so important because like I said, the playing field is so saturated and people nowadays, like studies show, people today really do care about what your morals and values are, are as a company. Like people are buying more sustainably. People care more about what's in the products. Like what are your company's practices? You know, like, are you like, you know, where are you producing? Are you producing in the U S are you doing this? I know. So I think that all these things considered, especially in the world we live in today, like content is content is King. It is key for people to connect and like tell stories and connect to these stories. That's interesting because I think you, you know, you said it really well. I think that good content and its importance just shows us, I think has shown us how we're actually all, whether it's as consumers or just as tech consumers, right? When tech, you can look at it in any way that you want, whether it's a social media channel or what have you, is that we're on a quest to connect and we're kind of on it and we we try to do that authentically whether it's with the brands or even the people in our lives or the people that we choose to follow right right um so i think so i think that's really interesting because i like you said good content is able to tap into that uh pain point into that desire um totally so having said that do you think you could touch upon why the new wave of content creation can help companies, maybe like the companies that you've mentioned, more so than what we consider to be more traditional marketing channels. Right. So for like, you know, for people, I'm sure people do know, but if they don't, right, like there's a difference between traditional marketing, like what you and I said, like, and versus the new digital marketing. And the difference between these two things that were, like you said, the mediums in which the message is sent out to people or an audience, right? So like traditional marketing, like we said, is more like newspapers, magazines, like TV, whatever, newspapers, et cetera, versus in digital media. And this medium now is like social media, websites, whatever. So already we're talking about how traditional media only had like a, a handful of things for what that was. Whereas digital marketing and digital media and what this is, is such a vast landscape now. It's, it's insane, right? So I think like digi- traditional 
sorry, digital marketing today is more like we said, like everything is facilitated online. It's all digital. It's all on your phone. It's on your computer, whatever. And like we use social media, whether that's like through organic or paid or whatever. And then like, there's even more like, you know, besides what you're just posting on your Instagram and socials, it's like email marketing and then like posting the videos and then like your website. So there's just like digital marketing. They are so much more multifaceted. I, I don't want to say complicated. I just think that you have to keep up with more things. I think you have to keep innovating. You keep, have to keep learning versus traditional marketing. I don't think you really had to do that very much. It was all pretty much the same thing. You pick up a magazine, you see it and that's the way your advertising is. Or like, even if it was out of home, like there was a billboard or a poster on the street and like, that was pretty much it. So digital marketing is a lot more multi multifaceted. It has a lot more um, sort of factors that go into it and deciding like, what digital marketing medium am I going to use versus what I might not, you know, like, do I have to use YouTube? No. Like, does this have to go on Instagram? Like, um, should we considering your audience, like demographics, that, that is a huge part of the conversation, right? When it comes to just new forms of, of content, of content channels. Right. I think that probably goes to what you're saying. Totally. And I think that that's, you know, I think a lot of times I, this might stray a little from it, but like, there's a lot of people who think that like content and strategy are very separate, you know, especially like an advertising world. But like, I think that good content is based on good strategy and tying those together. And what I mean by that is like, who is the audience we're trying to reach? Where are they living? What, what, you know, where are they living as in like, are they living on Twitter? Are they living on Facebook? Are they on YouTube? Like that's important. So like good content is based on good strategy. And I think good strategy makes good content. I think they really tie together. So like you said, it just, it depends on that as well. That's cool because you literally, the last thing you said, you were, you're kind of touching upon the way that you as a creative kind of work through the process and right. how you, you kind of start going about it. Do you think you could go into a little bit more details? Like what are the kind of questions that you ask yourself when you're working on a project? So if, if we think about like what my day-to-day -day job is, so at, at the company that I work for, I'm a content producer. So I, I'm not somebody who actually works on the strategy. So there are strategists who do that, but I do get to work with them, which is great because like I said, they know that the strategies that they're creating and they're implementing will affect the content that I make. So we work hand in hand together, even though that's not my, my like job. So for me, a lot of it is like, um, if I think about the daily process, it's like the strategist or the social media manager will come to me and be like, Hey, let's just say like, for example, we're having this product launch and in, in a month. Okay. So we need to create some assets and assets can be like photos or graphics or whatever. And like, we need your help obviously to create these things. So then I work with the strategist or the social media manager to plan out this content so that I can create it. Right. Cause I'm going to do it. So we talk about like, like we said, well, the thing is, is like for the brands that I work on are like pretty big brands. So they already have like their audience and like, um, all those things already established, and but like name recognition and so on. Right. So, um, exactly. Like the brands that I work on specifically, even though I worked on small brands, the brands I'm working on right now are big. So like they already have these things already, you know, Love settled it. or whatever. As I said, I think it, the, the funny thing is though, is that a big brand should have the same you should be doing the same process for a big brand as for a small brand. This is in my opinion. It doesn't matter if you have a hundred Instagram followers or a hundred thousand, like the process should be the same. 
Right. But going back to my day to day, right? So I work with the strategist or the social media manager to talk things out. So we see like, okay, this is the strategy for this campaign. This is what's going on. This is when it's going to happen. This is who we're trying to reach. This is our messaging. Um, so they build all that out. They show it to me. Then like we, we talk back and forth about it. And then we see like, okay, what are the con what is the content that we can create that will match up with this strategy? Right? So it can be anything from one graphic to a whole narrative. Like, are we going to do like six posts, you know, like based on this narrative to match with our strategy? Are we going to create like, uh, are we going to do a photo series for Twitter? Are we going to do like Instagram stories where we're recording you, you know, using the product. So I think that like people, people need to understand like these th two things go hand in hand. So like, even though I'm somebody, I don't do the posting, I don't manage the social media accounts, but I do all of the creation and it's just as important to stay in touch with and work with the strategists and the social media managers to make sure that these, these things are coming together and that they match almost. I don't know if the matching makes sense, but it's just like, is this content that I will be creating or going to create, does it match the strategy? Am I getting the point across? Yeah. You know, like, is it matching up with the strategy? Will it make sense to people? Will it reach our goal? Um, and it will, when I bring this to life, will it connect back to all these things, you know? So it has to align, you know, you can't just like take a photo and be like, well, I took a photo of the product. There's like a lot of things that have to come together to make sure that they're aligned. Yeah. And you probably have to think about whether it resonates with your current audience and probably assuming that you're trying to reach a new audience. So you have all these other okay. things to think about, right? Right. Yeah. And like I said, it always depends on what the goal is or the objective of a campaign or of a post. And I think that they're always going to be different. Sometimes it's very small. It's just like, we just want to post an evergreen photo of like this product, or it could be like, like I said, we have this big product launching in a month. Like we really need like yeah, we to just, get people. Right. I think that it just depends, but I just think that either way, there's always thought that goes into content creation and it more often than not ties back with a strategy a hundred percent. Then somebody like you, like where, where do, whether it's a, a, a person or a firm, a company, what have you, or anyone who's in the market for a content creator, how do they find them? Oh my God. So <laughs> I used to, I mean, I kind of did like a little, you know, I, I've done a bunch of different things. Like when I first came, when I was out of college, I worked as a writer where I was writing, working as a journalist who also did freelance for like an online publication. So I was only doing writing and then I started doing more of my photography freelance because I've always been a photographer who did a lot of like creative expression and just my own photo projects. And so then it kind of just started being like, I was a person who could write, but also take photos. So uh, there was a lot of people who saw my work because I was sharing my work on Instagram and on my website. And they were like, Hey, you're a really good photographer. Like, can you take photos of my product? So then I started to actually monetize, you know, my, my photography talent. And when it was starting to become enough, I quit my writing job and I was doing full-time freelance photography and like some videography stuff. Um, and I think a big part of that was maybe where I was living. It was a lot of word of mouth, but I was also very like consistent with sharing my work and telling people I was taking on these projects. Um, yeah. And also like not to toot my own horn, but I have a lot of experience. So like that also helped. I was like, I know what I'm talking about. I know my worth. I've been doing this for a long time, you know, 
um, throughout college, I did the same thing. And in college, I worked on a magazine. And even though it wasn't paid, we still made a lot of great work and a lot of good stuff. And I was able to show people that. So I think once I started getting into full-time freelance photography, it then also turned into like social media because people were asking me to shoot for their social channels. And then they knew that I had writing experience. So it was like, I almost was taking all these like skills that I had and kind of meshing it into one when I became a freelancer. So then it became like, I was doing some copywriting. I was doing copy editing. I was doing photos for Instagram. I was doing like content planning, you know, um, writing captions and I was doing photos and like making mood boards for brands. Like, Oh, we have like this bag. Like, can you come up with ideas of how we could take photos for it? So it became like an amalgamation of things. Um, and I freelanced for about a year and a half, but at the time I was living between Austin and Houston and I kind of just felt like, after a year and a half of freelancing, I had like a lot of awesome clients. Like I did a lot of great stuff, but I was like, Hey, I think that I'm like ready to go into a new space, which was why I entered the advertising space because I had no advertising experience. Okay. I just had things that, you know, some advertising uh, companies like are looking for. And I'm not like a traditional creative because like um, and a lot, especially in the advertising world, most of it is like, you're either creative or you're a strategist and creative is more like you do art direction and you're like, it's a lot of like heavy design or heavy graphic design work. But I got lucky because this job was such a, a new job at my company where they were like, we need a content producer who sometimes does, uh, graphics, but also can be scrappy and take their own photos without a studio. And I was like, holy shit, this is what I do. Right. So they, my job is kind of in this weird middle ground because I do content planning and I do graphics and photos, but I'm not strictly a creative. I get to work with the strategists and the social media managers every day. Right. Um, and I still, I still like love my freelance, like freelance photography is still like what I really love to do. Um, it was just more that I wasn't, it was like not becoming sustainable be, because I wanted to move to New York. Right. And like, I only wanted to come to New York if I had opportunities that were going to be able to like, I mean, sustain New York city. There's a big difference between living in Austin, Texas and New York city. Right. So I, to make that transition, I decided to go to Miami ad school, New York for a three month program to do social media strategy, which is like, I which, learned from what I'm hearing from everything that you're, that you're kind of saying about your journey is that a lot of it being word of mouth, but also given that you kind of like dip your toes into different creative fields, let's say, I'm assuming that the way that a lot of people found you was through your online presence, your portfolio or your Instagram or whatever. Totally. And like that with matched with actual experience to back it up. And, you know, in let's say Miami ad school as I'm assuming that that's what helps kind of your work be put forward. No, totally. And I, I always tell people who like ask me about my journey. I'm like, okay, no one has the same journey, but I was like, I will say the most important thing today, if you want to work as a content producer or photographer or whatever it is, you need to have a portfolio. No one is going to just like hire you anymore based on what you say that you can do. Like having an online presence is super important. Like you say you have photos and you have stuff to back it up, then you should be sharing it with people because people will look you up. Like you right. have to be able to back up what you're saying. And oftentimes people do have the work. They're just like, I don't know. I don't have the time or like, I don't know how to share it, but it's really just about like doing it. And like, I have a website. It doesn't have all of my work, but it has a lot of it. And I took, you know, it took a long, it took hours. Like I had to commit 
you know, weeks of time to put it up, but in the end it's worth it because this is who you are. You want to brand yourself as this person, then brand yourself as this person 100%. Don't half-ass it and just walk around and say that you can do something when you're not willing to do it. Walk the talk and like you had said before, I'm all for tooting your horn because you you should. Your shit is great. So <laughs> thank you. But it came with like a lot of hard work and I think that like people you just have to realize that, right? Especially in our in this in this world and in this like industry that we work in, it doesn't matter if you're in advertising or if you're just doing freelancing. It doesn't matter. People want to see it, so show it, you know. Um, and I think that's just really worked for me. It took some time, and I did, as I said, I went from having like a job I hated to freelancing to being really broke to moving to New York City and doing like a three month program and trying different things and meeting new people for me to finally be able to like put all this work together, put it on my website, update it and be like, this is who I am. This is what I can do. And then it just happened naturally almost, which is really crazy. But that was just my personal journey. I love it. And I think that goes with the work. Like you, it's very difficult to be in this field and not put yourself forward and market yourself in a certain way, because that's what you're offering to a potential client is your ability to do that. So I think it's, it's, it's very interesting that you bring this up because it's very hard to, for a lack of a better word and then and not to use a cliche, but like live in the shadows, right? Be creative when you're selling that as a skill to a, to a potential client. Um, yeah. And as I said, it's like unique to this. And I think that like to this industry, like people can work in finance or whatever, and like, they don't have to do this. So I think it's just something you have to, you have to consider. And like, it's very saturated. Everybody now is a content creator. And I'm putting this in like quotation marks, right? Everyone's like, I'm a photographer. I'm like a blah, blah, blah. So like, you have to really stand out. For sure. You touch upon something that's really interesting, which I think is, is a huge proponent of all of this is kind of the overcrowdedness of this space, of the creative space when it comes to content, whether it comes to making the content, absorbing it, what have you. What, in your opinion, makes content successful what and what are the drivers of what you consider to be successful content that can either be on the creation side or on the receiving end of it so i'm going to just talk about strictly content and not really like content marketing like i'm just going to talk about what i think makes good content because i think this is where for me it's my stronger suit but for me personally i think the first thing about what makes good content is like like i said if you're looking at good content does it connect back to something like a strategy or whatever? I think that's a big part of it. Like your message and your goal, does it connect to that? Now, if we're talking strictly about content and what makes it like visually beautiful or something, whatever, like I think good content has to be like arresting. Like, does it stop you in your tracks? Does it like when you're scrolling through the ample bullshit on Instagram, does it make your thumb stop? Literally, like, are you able to catch somebody's attention even for three seconds? Cause people aren't even doing that anymore. Right. And I think the big part of it is like, is it something, you know, not that I think all content has to be very memorable, but I think that can be a good, a a pillar of good content. Like, is it something memorable? Is it something someone wants to share with somebody else? Um, Is it something unique? You know, like, I think that's a big thing amongst photographers. Like, as I said, there are a lot of photographers and there's also like a new wave of photographers where people are shooting film and doing all these things. And it's easy now, I think, to pick up a camera, you know, do that. But like, is your work unique? Like what makes your style different that someone wants to hire you for? Like, 
I just, I, I think that there's like a lot of different things, but I think those are probably the things that I think make good content, you know, like, are you doing something different and unique in a different and unique way? Also, like, are you telling a story that people, you know, even if it's one photo, right? People are like, is it a story that people want to connect to, that they want to read about, that they want to look at? Like, storytelling is a big part of content creation, even if it's on a small scale. Like, a lot of my photos, even if they're not like a photo series, but like one photo, like, I always think about why I take a photo or how it ends up being a photograph and like, I think specifically about like all these photos I took whenever I go to Lebanon, I always come back with a big pile of it. And I think for me, I always think like people are like, well, you just took a picture of a woman's balcony or like of a car. And I'm like, but to me, it's more than that. It's like Lebanon tells a story about these people in the street and I wonder what they're doing. And I wonder when they look at me, if they know that I'm also Lebanese, like, it's so stupid, but I'm just like, all these things for me are what good content is like you know like i mean it's anything but stupid but i feel what i totally feel what you're what you're saying but then with that it's so funny how you're like literally catching me off all the things i want to (laughs) ask. so with that comment of like oh but that's just like a woman on her balcony then what are some of the misconceptions that you've heard or come across when it comes to content creation especially you know for someone like you like someone who does it as a profession Um, I think a lot of people think it's easy (laughs) and they think it's bullshit, which is like, I understand why, because like we said, it's become such a saturated thing where everybody can make content or is like, I'm a content creator. Like I just like get on my Instagram and like record myself talking shit, which like technically that is content creation, but I think good content creation is a lot of work and there's a lot of hands coming in to create something great. And I really, it makes me upset when people are like, content creation is easy. Like making content is a joke. Like your job is like, just like, haha, whatever. And I'm like, no, it takes so much time and effort to create a good piece of content. At least, like I said, in the, in the work that I do to, before you put it out to the world and you share it to your audience, like there's, it touches multiple people. It goes through multiple processes. Like there's a lot of back and forth. There's edits. Edits take forever. Like, you know, like not internally and with client, like people, there's like, a lot of eyes looking at a piece of work to make sure it's the best piece of work possible to go out and to be shared. So I think for me, that's the biggest thing. Like this is an easy job. It's like a joke of a job when it's, it's really not, you know, like, like your job is Instagram essentially. Yeah. Like people think that like people are like, well, isn't it just like you on Instagram? I'm like, literally it's not, it's definitely not. I figured that that would be, I figured that that's what I would have thought a misconception was, but it's insane to hear that that's exa- that that's actually what you get, like as a person Literally. in the industry. Um, okay, and and kind of like my last point, how do you think? And I'm and I'm not really sure like how to phrase this, so you'll you know you'll you'll kind of work with me here. How do you think, or how does creatively strategizing for content for again? you know, back to the key point, good content, differ from like prom- the promotion strategy, right? Like what you were saying with paid, like do mm-hmm. both intersect? I'm assuming yes. Um, but like, maybe you could kind of touch upon the way that you think about different platforms when you're actually creating, you know, in, in this case, paid promotion content. If that, so, 
other word. Yeah, yeah. But you can so, definitely. Uh, my, at least in my, what I do, I'm someone who I only create organic content. So that's just like, I don't do any paid things because like you said, paid content and paid ads are different than content that you would create for organic. Would you mind touching upon for people who don't know? Could you mind just explaining the difference? Yeah. So there's like paid versus organic social or organic marketing. So like organic social is any sort of social media or social media activity that you see online without a paid promotion. Um, and it's using the social media tools all for free. So like just posting natively or organically to Instagram without putting any money behind it. Okay. Whereas like paid social refers to anything that's like, there's advertising dollars that go in behind it. So like on Instagram, people like get sponsored ads, right? Like when you're scrolling through, you see a sponsored ad. That's an example of like paid social versus organic. Or like a lot of influencers will post like, for example, like, a you know, they get a product and then they have to do hashtag ad. Like right. that's an example. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, so there's a difference. Like essentially the difference is, are you putting money into this or not? Okay, but you would say that probably the creative process between both cre creating content for, for whether it's paid or not is the same, right? Yeah, so I think that like sponsored or paid content, like I said, of course it's different than organic, but I think that the processes are quite similar. Like the same amount of effort goes in, you're still creating and producing work. I just think that it's like you need both. You can't have one without the other. And I think a solid strategy contains both. Okay. Um, like I said, I don't work in paid, but like, I know that the process is in terms of the creative part is like the same, you know, you just have different objectives and different goals. Okay, cool. Well, Dahlia, I love what I'm hearing. You made it super easy to understand. And I think that you kind of, you were able to break down these words that not only that we hear a lot, just, you know, with everything that's happening, and I feel like we've never talked about social media as much as during this lockdown yeah. situation, but um, so thank you for explaining kind of the nuances between, you know, the client side, you know, in the case on your side, the professional side, so it's it's really interesting. Before, before I let you go, though, let, there's something, I also have to preface this, and I hope it can come across like the way that I want it to because this is an audio medium. Guys, Dahlia's Instagram is the funniest <laughs> in the entire world. And not to make this incredibly niche sounding, but Dahlia and I both have a sensibility for like late 90s, early 2000s, very specific pop rock like music. And she would post like, she finds these memes that will talk about like a death cab for cutie song or something <laughs> like so it's not and I wouldn't even say that it's niche because obviously death cab for cutie was huge for example or yeah I don't know like or uh, like a good charlotte meme anyway like so that this for that reason alone I'm so excited to ask you something that I ask all of my guests before I end their episode which is I want you to pick a song that you think that everybody should know. Wow. Okay. So um, I'm just going to, well, this is kind of new wave, but the new, I've been like listening to like, like that's what you get by Paramore, like on repeat uh, recently. I love that they made a comeback and I like, 
it makes so much sense that you would talk about their comeback. Totally. Like, I've just been obsessed. Also, like, I'm going to just, like, give you three. I've been, like, on my old, like, My Chemical Romance shit. Like, we're talking, like... Yeah, you are... Yeah. Everything you're saying is so fire right now. Like, literally, like, we're back on it, like, 100%. And then I also recently was, like, bringing... I started listening again to Busted because... Oh, my God. I know! You are killing me right now. No way. What kind of songs are we talking? Like, what I what I go to school for? What I go to school for. You said no. You're 3,000 air hostess. Like, I'm really on my busted shit lately. Like, I'm, we're bringing these hot guys back. Well, yeah. Like, I'm sure now they have, like, grandkids. But this made me... <laughs> you have no idea. Like, I'm telling you guys. It, it's not for Dahlia's, like, amazing creative work. Just for her late 90s, early 2000s music references. Like, please please check her out and with that where can people find you on the internet dahlia yes so i would say i'm most active on the gram which is my name it's just dahlia dandashi and then i have a website which you can go to from my instagram um and if you want to talk or you want to just like chit chat like feel free to dm me that's i'm here i'm here for all of it dm dahlia her you know and learn some good lessons on how to widen your music repertoire from yeah if you guys aren't listening to this kind of music you're really missing out so (laughs) also like i've talked about this a lot on this podcast and also off the podcast i think it's so it's such bullshit when people like oh that's my guilty pleasure music i'll be like no no there's fuck you guilty why is it guilty like if i want to like listen to taking back sunday in my shower like i'm gonna do it like thank you or like dear maria count me in All time low, yes, of course. Duh, queen. We love all time low, Mayday Parade, boys like girls. Like, yeah, we're into all of it. Yes, oh my god, Mayday Parade. Oh my, you're killing me. I don't know how much I can. You're unreal. You should also be making playlists if you're not on that already. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have made some, like, I recently made like an Arab mix playlist. Ooh, I'm gonna link your Instagram, your website into Arabic, but please. Do us all a favor and give us like a good little 90s, 2000s, you know, Dahlia's take. On the yeah, I have, a, I have a middle school punk rock car ride playlist. Can definitely share that with you. Oh my God, you just said literally all those words put together. <laughs> what? Like sold. I'm linking all of these things. Dahlia, <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you so much for ending it on the highest note ever. Uh, which is the note of nostalgia. And uh, it was great talking to you. And thanks so much for making me uh, a little smarter and a lot less dumb. (laughs) Thanks for having me. It was really, really fun. Kisses, my dear. Bye. Kisses.